Hey there, welcome to the NeuroSpicy Mamas podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Donclava, NeuroDivergent Mom of Three and founder of NeuroSpicy Mamas. Each episode, I will share stories, science, and secrets in order to help you through the highs and lows of raising your strong-willed, spirited, neurodivergent kids. Our goal is to empower NeuroSpicy Mamas, abolish old age belief systems, and burst society stigma bubbles so that you may consciously raise confident, curious, compassionate humans without losing your sanity or sense of self. We are a community. We are a movement. I can't wait for you to join us. Hey, lovely humans. Welcome to the next episode in the NeuroSpicy Mamas podcast. Today, let's chat a bit about spoon theory and why it matters. The spoon theory was originally written by Christine Miserando as a creative way to explain what it's like living with a chronic illness. While she was relating it to a physical illness, this theory can easily be applied to neurodiversity conditions as well. The author explains it like this. People with chronic illnesses often have limited energy represented by spoons. Doing too much one day can leave you short on spoons the next day. She then asks her audience this question. If you only had 12 spoons per day, how would you use them? Take away one spoon if you didn't sleep well last night, forgot to take your meds, or skipped a meal. Take away four spoons if you have a cold. There's even a graph included demonstrating how various tasks require different amounts of spoons. Getting out of bed, getting dressed, taking pills and watching TV are all activities that only use one spoon. Bathing, styling hair, surfing the internet, and reading or studying takes two spoons. Making and eating a meal, making plans and socializing, light housework, and driving requires three spoons. Going to work or school, shopping, going to the doctor, and exercise requires four spoons. Now this is a base model that can differ based on the individual. Perhaps as an autistic, socializing really requires four or even five spoons. If you have ADHD, bathing may require three spoons and shopping only takes two of your spoons. Christine's question gives you 12 spoons to start with, but maybe you have 15 spoons normally, or only 8. Your starting spoon count could depend on the day without external factors such as illness or sleep disruption. Neurodivergence and those with chronic illnesses usually won't know how many spoons they will get to start their day with. For comparison, healthy neurotypicals typically get to start their day with an unlimited spoon supply. Okay, so me personally... I'd say on average, I start my day with 20 spoons, and this might be generous. But let's go with this example for the sake of even numbers. And for background, let's say I got a good night's sleep, as if, and I'm fairly healthy. Let's call today a Friday, because Fridays can be more energetic than other days of the week. So it's a Friday, and I've got 20 spoons. My son Cameron comes in to wake me up to help him with breakfast, so getting out of bed costs me two spoons, because I am exhausted daily, no matter what. All right, down to 18 spoons. I have to go to the bathroom and then I have to put my contacts in. Another two spoons, 16 left. Now I've got to figure out what my son wants for breakfast. Let's say he chooses a couple packs of tiny muffins. Easy, one spoon there. Now I realize that I'm hungry. What to eat, what to eat. Um, I'll go with a cheese quesadilla for the sake of same foods. Two spoons there. I'm down to 13 spoons. So my son is behind in his virtual school because I'm terrible at waking up on time and prioritizing tasks each day. Today we have a meeting with his teacher to see how his progress is. So I rush to get him semi-caught up in school. Six spoons, gone. 
The meeting itself is another two spoons. I forgot to brush my teeth earlier. Another spoon. Now there's only four spoons left, and I've barely done anything. I still have college classes to consider, my business to work on, the endless house cleaning that needs to be done, and I think the last time I showered was Monday. Four spoons isn't going to get me through all of that, and the stress from knowing that and being self-aware of my downfalls cost me another spoon. I could borrow some spoons from the next day, but then I might be useless, and I've got three kids depending on me to not be useless on a Saturday. So if I borrow spoons today, then I'll need to borrow them tomorrow, and the next day, and then it's just a game of rushing roulette, but the consequences here are burnout. And burnout, as a neurodivergent mother, is so much worse than what neurotypicals consider to be burnout. Most of you know exactly what I'm talking about, even if you've never heard of the spoon theory before. So let's talk about why the spoon theory is important. If you know your limitations, you can better plan your actions accordingly. Also, by reframing your mindset to viewing your challenges not as shortcomings, but as hurdles you have to jump for trying to run on the same track as neurotypicals, Perhaps you can eventually make your way to the track that is friendly to your neurotype with less expectations and no hurdles. This brings us back to internalized ableism and the need to eliminate those thoughts with mindset work which can take a lot of time and effort. I believe you are capable of removing ableist beliefs from your mind though, do you? I believe whatever allows me to rest and recharge to avoid burnout is good for my kids. Does this mean I'm not able to play outside with them as much or at all sometimes? or that frozen meals are dinner most nights, or that sometimes I nap when they nap, and even sometimes when they're awake? Yes to all of those things. Do those things make me a bad mom? Absolutely not. I'm still connecting with my kids, just in ways that require less energy. For example, we play hairdresser where they take turns playing with my hair, brushing it, putting hair clips in it, or just twirling it and let it go. I'm still meeting their needs, physically and mentally. My kids are safe and loved, and I'm betting yours are too. So next time you catch yourself feeling guilty for being tired or burnt out, try to remember to give yourself grace. You're doing the best you can. Remind yourself that your kids know you love them and that you are an amazing mother. You're doing a good job, mama. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoy listening to us, please subscribe to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Share us with your mama friends. And if you'd like additional support with motherhood, self-care, or navigating neurodiversity, please join our free Facebook community at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash neurospicymamas. That's mamas spelled M-A-M-A-S.